to the Pod Closet. I am your co-host Ryan Phillips, joined as always by Charity Beer Pong Tournament Champion Andrew Tuck. Andrew, how are you? Pretty good, man. Life is good as a champion. Welcome to Tuck and Rolls. We are. I'm still salty. I know we are a pop culture. Guess who got second place? Yeah, my hey, but you know what? That charity uh, ping pong tournament kicked off. Beer pong tournament kicked off this. That yeah, was actually a so com- salty about it. A conversation afterwards <laughs> that kicked off this the movie slash pop culture podcast known as Tuck and Rolls. I am Tuck. I'm a movie guy, and you're a guy. That, no shit, I fucked that up. Okay, let me start that again. <laughs> it's my fault. I interrupted. You three <laughs> I know times. you did like six times. Okay, <laughs> this is Tuck and Rolls. It's a pop culture slash movie podcast by a guy that likes movies. That's me and a movie guy. That's you. What's going on, Ryan? Hot start. <laughs> hot start. Hot start. It's my fault. I came, I came. I came in hot. I came in too hot. I should have known better than to come in that hot. You were salty. Ugh. That's okay. How uh, how's the week been, buddy? You know what? Uh, I played a lot of video games as I've been doing more and more lately. <laughs> um, I'm really trying to pivot us to a video game podcast, but I don't think you're gonna. I don't think it's gonna work for you. Um, but I you did. Could... <laughs> you know how I talked about watching Master and Commander: The Far Side of the World? I believe is the full title with the uh, Russell Crowe, right? And I was like, yeah. I don't know. Like it seems well made, but I watched the trailer and I was actually like. Actually, you know what? This does seem well made, and it does seem good. And I was like, "Oh, it's got Paul Bettany." Um, but then, no, we're streaming it, and I was like, five dollars? No." So sorry, no. sorry, Russ. Russell he's was gonna, my grandpa's name, by the way. Shout out. He's gonna come after you on Twitter. I saw that tweet. That's a movie for adults, Ryan. It's yes, a movie for not adults, me. Not, not children. Me. I um, I didn't watch a ton. If I'm going to be honest. I, Speaking I started... of Paul Bettany, did you watch uh, Marvel's new WandaVision series on Disney Not yet. Plus? I'm waiting until there's at least four episodes, then I'm going to binge it. Interesting. That's what, that's what I did with The Mandalorian. So, I will say that one of the... I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've talked about it in a few different ways. I really love it. Almost all the movies are great. But as we talked about, they play it safe. They're pretty form- formulaic in how they do them. You know, they've got yeah. their one, two, three. Here's this. You know, one, two, three. Here's the next one. But WandaVision, they're getting a little wacky with it. And I appreciate that they're they're doing something different, taking a risk. Good for them. And that and that's a great way to kick off their their run on Disney Plus, too, because there's a lot of those. Ser- uh, their series comes out and they look uh, cool. Good. They look cool as hell. Good wacky, though. Good wacky. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, okay. Big, big plus for me. I'll um I'll give it a watch this week. I did watch. I started the Showtime series "Loudest Voice in the Room." Uh yeah, you didn't talk about that last week with Roger Ailes. Uh, yeah, but I watched Bombshell last week. I talked about this existing, and I started it. And let me oh. tell you, it is very good. It's very well acted. There's a couple of scenes like it does a the first episode does a very good job of kind of setting the stage as to why this guy wasn't fired immediately because he does have a way of kind of rallying the troops, even though he's a a bit of a, he was, sorry, I should say he died back in 2017, but um, he was a bit of a megalomaniac or whatever, but it does a very good job. There's a couple of scenes in a bar where he is, he's essentially assaulted, like putting himself in a position of power in order to capitalize on a sexual relationship with a woman. And you can feel the tension. Like you can feel how uncomfortable the actress does a very good job. I don't know her name. Sorry. Apologies for that, but she does a very good job of portraying that role and that happens multiple times in the first episode just you can feel just how awful and uncomfortable this whole situation and he was as sort of a person in these situations so it it's yeah it's really powerful it's heavy but it's good it's good i would suggest sounds like a bummer yeah but i don't know it's an interesting story like it talks about um how fox news kind of became this you know giant media it, it focused on their base. Like it was run by a political you correspondent. Them, you tell the people what they want to hear with a complete disregard for the truth. That's how you make entertainment. Yeah, that's exactly, that's what we do here. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully one day we're as rich as Fox news. Um, also big news in the tuck part of the tuck and rolls podcast. I got a new dishwasher, which I told my wife, oh, new dishwasher. Tell me everything, which I told my wife, I could install it myself. Oh no. <laughs> Guess what you happened? Fucked up. Yeah. No, it leaked. It's two hoses and it leaked. Um, So got to get some new ceiling tiles downstairs. But other than that, fixed it. Had my neighbor who's a real man come over and say, hey, was this the problem? He said, yep, you just didn't tighten it enough. 
He left out wow. the you, you pansy part, but he may as well just said it. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good now. So hopefully I'm not leaving the pod closet to water damage, but yeah, that's what was happening How? this week. Ugh. I mean, did it work other than the leaking? Did it work good? Are you satisfied with the dishwasher? Yeah, she's a very good dishwasher. It's uh, Great. it's awesome. It's a very good dishwasher. Shouldn't genderfy appliances, I guess. Yeah, I thought it was weird also. It's an inanimate object. Yeah, Are you but... one of those dudes that like calls your car a girl's name? What, you mean Cassandra? No, I'm yeah, just there you go. <laughs> weird. No, it's a, it's, that's what I call myself because it's a Jetta and that's typically a teenage girl car. So I call myself Cassandra when I'm driving around. <laughs> I have a friend with a Jetta. He's also a man like you. So oh. I didn't I didn't think a Jetta was a girl's car. I usually associate them as a high school girl's car. And 90% of the people that pull up to me at stoplights think it's a high school girl car because they're always like leering in to see the hot chick. And then I get disappointed. I'd say Jettas <laughs> are typically a hot chick car. So I don't okay. mind being a hot chick. I don't know where you're getting your stats, but interesting. <laughs> did um uh, uh did you watch anything else last week? Uh, we talked about your your um serious Fox News drama. You didn't have time for WandaVision. You're saving them up. No, I did not. Well, that's okay because we brought on somebody who um I know watched uh, Scrubs like me last. I don't know where <laughs> I was going with this. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Everybody, stop what they're doing. <laughs> Tuck, do you have a good segue? Because I yeah, don't. <laughs> I do. So <laughs> last uh, we brought on a we brought back a very extra special guest. He um, first of all, he's got a great correction to last week's podcast when I couldn't remember the couple songs in Godzilla. And this this topic that we're going to talk about today was sparked by none other than the critic when he brought up the Big Chill and he talked about how great the soundtrack was. So this guest reached out to me, even though he's your friend. He said, "Hey, I got a great topic." I want to come on and talk soundtrack. So we'd like to welcome back to the podcast, the fan favorite, Walker. What's going on, Walker? Hello, boys. How are we doing? <coughs> that oh, sounds no. great. <laughs> doing Jesus. great. Excuse me. Hey, uh, everybody, uh, Tuck is dying. Walker is here to replace him. In the yeah. arms of an angel. Right? What's right? <coughs> a call? Jesus. We've done that H. before. Dear God, Tuck. Um, Sorry. Uh, oh, you have mold from the dishwasher. Get out of the house. <laughs> yeah, you guys really bringing me in to follow up that story? Like, there's nothing I can say that will compare to Tuck trying to install a dishwasher. I mean, to be fair, I installed it correctly. I just didn't tighten one bolt. Hey, you know what? I just realized, speaking of uh, leaks, Walker, how's your wet bulbs? Uh, really good. Uh, did you know that a light bulb can be completely filled with water? I did not. I did not know that. Not not good water either, ceiling water. That's yeah. the bad kind. I woke up at 4 a.m. last night, and uh, after my visit to the bathroom, I heard more dripping, aside from, you know, my normal old man dripping. And uh, I realized that somehow some water had gotten into the light in my kitchen and was just, like, dripping on the floor. I have no idea where, like, so obviously the people upstairs, aside from having an incredibly annoying child that just stomps around 22 hours a day, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know, maybe it knocked a pipe loose or something, but yeah, so my kitchen was like half flooded when I got up this morning, so that was rad. I'm half, I'm a little half flooded right now, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, so two things, I've actually had a buddy flood his uh, downstairs neighbors three times, uh, once was twice because he fell asleep in the bathtub, I think. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway. And then I thought this like does water. Your, your buddy that falls asleep in the bathtub regularly, does he, is he chasing the dragon? What's going on? <laughs> no, it's not a heroin thing. Don't worry. He's doing all right. He listens to the podcast, so he's a good dude. Um, yeah, you're right. A drug user would never listen to this podcast. Good point. He, he, um, no, he's not a drug user. He just, you know, it was super relaxed. Um, so, and I thought this like light bulb thing was one of these stoner things that you guys do. Like I turned a bong into a light bulb, right? Light bulb into a bong, that kind nobody, of thing. Nobody does that anymore, man. It's not the no? 90s. What? You don't, you don't smoke weed out of an apple anymore? No. That was always a trick. It's a good party don't trick. don't smoke weed. Smoking is bad for you. R.I.P. The, the 90s. future, man. Get with it. The MacGyver smoker. Speaking of 90s, um, I got a good soundtrack that I want to get your opinion on to kick us off because I was thinking about this. Um... There's a couple of soundtracks that you listen to and they just make you want to, they just, they just feel good soundtracks. Um, we can get into those later. Schindler's but, List, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I want to clarify something first. We're not talking about scores. We're talking about soundtracks. So I, I would, assumed that we would discuss the difference between a score and a soundtrack. Yeah, like the the score is obviously when you think of Harry Potter, you think of a score, right? That's the do 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 do. Whereas a soundtrack would be a collection of songs, like in Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's got Redbone and uh, all those other great songs. I'm not going to list them off right now. Um, great cover. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Redbone's the first song on the album. I listen to it a lot. Come and get your love. Now, Walker, you specifically said soundtracks, not scores. I'm assuming that means you prefer a soundtrack to a score or or one versus the other? Um, yeah, I mean, in isolation. Or, oh, I'm sorry. No, you said you like to score. Yeah. A, I mean, you, you love to score with a hot lady. I totally confused that for this soundtrack joke. Yeah, I'd like to be taller and not balding, but, you know, you got to take what you get, too, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I definitely, I, I am a proponent of, uh, I guess what you would call pop music, even though I don't listen to top 40 pop music, but compared to classical orchestral stuff, uh, definitely it would be pop music. Uh, I feel like in the moment when I'm watching a movie, I can really appreciate the score, but when it's just on its own, like when I was 10 years old and, uh, demand, demanded is such a strong word, but insisted that my parents buy me the Jurassic Park soundtrack because I love <laughs> Jurassic Park. And then Mama, I had to... Papa, you, you know that I love Michael Crichton. <laughs> I did love Michael Crichton. I don't Crichton. know why Tiny Walker has a weird accent. <laughs> no, it's fine. I grew up in Ontario, which is very much like oh, Tiny Tim. Yeah. Uh, and then I had to pretend to like it for a solid six months by just listening to the Jurassic Park score because I didn't understand that it was just the sounds like the right i nailed it <laughs> yeah you you killed that i will say it this. was so majestic if you're gonna if you're gonna pick any score to listen to as a 10 year old that score is unreal because it, it it does i i feel like a score is one of those things where you notice if it's really bad and it elevates it if it's really good if if it it's like emceeing a wedding if you do it well nobody should really notice it right you should just elevate the whole wedding right Kind of like I did with your wedding. That's where I was going with that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've emceed a few weddings also. Thank you. Yeah. And I actually, maybe, I'm, it's interesting advice because I have tried very hard every time to be the center of attention. So I'm not sure what your not being noticed situation no, is. Nobody, nobody is uh, <laughs> nobody's surprised by that in the podcast. Yeah, like a good score enhances your movie going experience, but it doesn't take away from it. And it doesn't, a bad score, definitely you go, wow, that, that doesn't sound great but yeah no but we're talking soundtracks i did actually kind of run into this earlier this week when we discussed soundtracks because immediately i was like oh my favorite movie soundtrack is tron legacy but then i like looked Mm -hmm. it up and then i was like oh yeah i guess technically this isn't a a soundtrack because there's no there's no dial there's no lyrics and daft punk the thing that makes it a, a score is they made that music for the purposes of the film. Oh, okay. That, so that's a I was like, oh, shit. But just listen to that score. It's great. It's great if you're like doing some, if you're like shoveling the driveway or like doing some errands or something. It's really good, really good music to have it on the background. Hmm. Good tip. We were talking about 90s before we got derailed by this score verse, uh, versus um, score versus soundtrack. Yeah, thank you. I. <laughs> I wanted to bring up a soundtrack before you guys, we got into the good soundtracks. I think there's one soundtrack that perfectly capsulates the nineties. Okay. And that soundtrack is the American pie soundtrack. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. That's pretty good. You know, I would put as a close second, just for some reason, this one always stands out in my mind, ready to rumble with David Arquette and Scott (laughs) Kahn, the wrestling movie. Yeah, that has that all the music in that is like you hear it and your body just like transfers back to like, you know, like uh, a, a 10th grade and you're like, mm hmm. Yep. Yeah. Like, listen to this. Third Eye Blind, Blink-182, Sugar Ray, Dishwalla, Goldfinger. Dishwalla. Hey, I love Goldfinger. Yeah. Let's not badmouth Goldfinger. No, right Goldfinger's here. awesome. I'm not badmouthing any of these bands. I'm just saying like this is one of those ones where it's like if you were going to pick and I, I mean, you could mix all three from the nineties and there, those movies are obviously problematic now, problematic, but yeah, like that just kind of that or the can't hardly wait soundtrack. I honestly don't think I've ever seen can't hardly wait. 
There you go. That's a, that could be one of your move illusions. No, no, that's a trash movie. Nobody, that's not a move illusion. <laughs> it's not a. What? Uh, she uh, can't hardly wait had no. Oh, you know what? Freddie I think Prince I'm confusing, Jr. Can't, I'm confusing can't hardly wait and she's all that. Can't hardly wait is Seth Green and they have a party. Yeah, she's all that is, is when they turn the uh, nerdy curl into the hot girl. But right. it's a, it's a bet. No, Freddie Prince wasn't in Can't Hardly Wait, but Jennifer Love. No, Hewitt Freddie Prince isn't. She's all that. Yeah, that's what I, we're both. See, those are all the '90s movies that were confusing. '90s. Hey, two. Wayne, I know what you did last summer, right? Jennifer Love Hewitt was also in that. Yeah, are we do? Are we doing Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon for '90s movies? But yeah, I just wanted to bring that one up because I know it's not going to come up on the best soundtracks of all time. I just thought that that immediately came into my mind when we started talking soundtracks. I do have a, a mild grievance regarding Can Hardly Wait, which I had completely forgot about for probably my benefit. But um, Welcome best... to our new segment. What really grinds Walker's <laughs> gears? Walker, what's grinding your gears this week? Uh, just that um, if you're going to name the movie after a song that plays during the credits, maybe put it on the soundtrack. What? Oh. Yeah. Was so... this... A... What? Yeah. So there's a song by the best band of the 80s, The Replacements, called Can't Hardly Wait, and it's the song that plays over the credits, but it is it doesn't appear on the soundtrack. I don't know if they couldn't get the rights, but I don't understand how they would I get mean, the rights to the movie and not the soundtrack. Yeah, but, that's uh, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, Especially also, a movie where you know you're part of the reason you're making... You think there was a time in the movie in the 90s where you made a movie because you wanted to sell the soundtrack? Oh, yeah, I have a... We, that, uh, for, that's I'm some, thinking we can, of uh, Empire Records. Empire Records. Uh, I mean, I'm just a huge Guar fan, though. Oh, man. God, that movie's so bad, but I love it so much. <laughs> Say no more, more more. Uh, yeah, another one that is kind of similar in that I actually was thinking about that was uh, Romeo and Juliet in the way that they use that so much as the, the branding Bos of Lerman the movie. one. Yeah, because... One. The really interesting thing is uh, that movie came out in, I think, 95. We can give a second for Tuck to look up it up on IMDb. Keep but, going. I'll, I'll fact check that. Um, the thing is, is like, it's really, if you look at the lineup, uh, it's really, the lineup, Jesus, the soundtrack, uh, it's really impressive. They have Radiohead, which it was pre-OK Computer, so like they weren't quite like the fabled, like mythical thing that they sort of became in that sense. Like Radiohead's not doing movie soundtracks. They're not giving original songs at this point. But at the time, they still did. They had... A surprisingly good Everclear song, and then that was the breakout for the Cardigans' "Love Fool." Yeah, they have uh, that song, and then "One Inch Punch." Yeah, like it's it, and the thing that I thought was really interesting was that's an example. Another one you guys were talking about last week with the Godzilla soundtrack is, in a way, it almost became like a co-marketing thing where the movie served to advertise for the soundtrack, and the soundtrack served to advertise for the movie. So they were kind of making bank on both ends. They do that now, but slightly different. Now, like every six months, there's like a different movie tie-in advertisement on Monster Energy Drink. It's the same thing. It's a sympathetic relationship. It sort of evolved in a weird way where um, I don't know what the first one is, but off the top of my head, I think it was like Spider-Man 2 or 3 where they had that Nickelback Hero song. Oh, yes. Remember? Yeah. And it was like... That was big. Yeah, it became a thing where like a movie would have like one signature song. The Men in Black song. Yeah, <gasps> Guys, we've talked we about this. Bad Wild, Boys, West. Bad Boys Wild, 2 West. did this, right? Shake Your Tail Feather, right? Well, I didn't we, know that was a tie-in song. Yeah, we talked about this, and then there's a couple, because I brought this up one time, um, where they used to release, uh, yeah, Shake Your Tail Feather was a tie-in song to Bad Boys 2. But they they used to release music videos that had clips from the movie, yeah, and then were, were it was like a dual marketing thing, but they don't do that anymore because nobody watches music videos. But yeah, 1996 was when Romeo and Juliet came out. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I watched a music video. Holy. I'll put it on one of my phones you know on a batteries I, and I, I want to listen to music. I do remember because I woke up and I was like, oh, this is an interesting uh, trending on Reddit. What is this uh, I need to watch? Okay, wet ass. How do I spell that? Okay, yeah. That's the last <laughs> music video I watched because I was like, you don't see something like that trending and not be like, well, I better check this out. And yeah, saw... there's like a lot of tigers in it. It was weird. It was The tigers uh, were weird. The rest of the stuff was, you know. It gave me flashbacks. Dancing. It gave me flashbacks to grade, grade, what, seven or eight tuck watching Rhapsody just going, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hoop earrings, man. I tell you, but yeah. Uh, so Walker, what is your number one soundtrack? Let's just wheel that back. To, to, so do you have is, one? 
I, I he's do not going to. He's going to sit on the fence on this. I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do have one, but uh, well, actually, Ryan just calls it because I'm about to sit on the fence right now. Um, I don't think of it necessarily as a soundtrack, even though it is the soundtrack to the movie, because I think of it as you know that artist's work, and it's Purple Rain. Yeah, like, fair. Like to me, yeah, were, where you're going with that, but yeah, yeah. Yes, now that's that's the thing where you didn't just make a movie to sell an album, but like you made a movie because the album was so good that it deserved a movie, or like I don't know what order they decided to do the things in, but that one's a special case. Music yeah, first, like, I think. With like Prince. to me, yeah, like that's just like you know you can argue about that or Sign of the Times, but like Purple Rain is one of the best records ever made. So by calling it the best soundtrack is damning with faint praise yeah i i guess it could be both right if the the venn diagram of good soundtracks and great albums purple rain's right in the middle yeah now that raises an interesting question because walker i thought you were taking that a different direction when you were like i don't really associate the music with the movie for it to in your mind for it to be a good soundtrack what if it was just like an album that had how many songs are on an album? 10? 12? Sure. Yeah. 16? What does what one banana cost? $10? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, what if it's just like 12 tracks that are great? Every single one of them, great. And so you put them all in there. You're like, I like all of these songs a lot. That makes it a really great album. Great tracks. But what if, like you were saying, Walker, it doesn't connect you with the movie? What if when you hear the songs on the soundtrack, you don't think of the movie, but you also do like the movie? Is this still disqualified as a good soundtrack? Like, uh, I don't think so. I think Purple Rain is kind of in that rarefied air where it's just, it's just so good on its own that they they exist independently in a weird way. Without so one doesn't the fact make you think of the other. Um, if I watch the movie, I think of the soundtrack because to me the album itself is like the movie is not necessarily awesome. It's it's fine. It's got some moments. It's Prince, so it's awesome, but yeah, I give you that. Like, if you were to say, what is the movie Purple Rain out of 10, what is the album Purple Rain out of 10, the album is way better. Yeah, I I think what you're, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Like, the Purple Rain is in one of those rare spots where when you're watching the movie, you think about the soundtrack, not the other way around. When you're listening to the soundtrack, you think about the movie. Does that make sense? Does that kind of make sense? Nah, that didn't make sense. Um, okay, Purple Rain. That's a good one. Do you have... Because um, I I immediately jumped to you, and Ryan, you'll appreciate this. My immediate one was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's more of a recency bias. If I really think about it, my favorite soundtrack is probably Days and Confused. I think you've brought that up before, and honestly, it's so funny because those movies are, what, it, conservatively 25 years apart, maybe? 20, 25? Mm, yeah. Um, uh, they have very similar soundtracks in a lot of ways, which they is do. very funny. And yeah, it shouldn't, I think uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy works more because of the way that the songs are used in the movie. Whereas Dazed and Confused, it the songs just capture the time of the movie. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And yeah. um, I love how you, you know, for, for you and the way you just said it, Guardians of the Galaxy and the soundtrack really are tied together. You know, yeah. you know, Walker, when he when he watches the movie, he thinks of the album, but not vice versa. Whereas when I ever I hear any of those songs off the Guardians soundtrack really does make me think of the movie, which is, you know, director James Gunn chose all those songs individually and and like for him they were part of the movie you know he's yeah. got his he's got his dialogue he's got his visuals he's got you know the the way that they're shooting it on set but then he also he has that added layer of you know the the song that they're hearing is part of what i'm making it kind of breaks the fourth wall almost right because you're listening to the song along with the character and then you kind of it's not like, you know, it doesn't quite break the fourth wall, but it, it's that weird. Like the, in Days and Confused, you don't assume that, you assume that they're listening to it on the radio, I guess. But sometimes the, there's songs playing when there's no, like when they're, when No More Mr. Nice Guy is playing and <laughs> he's getting paddled, that's, um, you, you don't think that they're listening to that song. That's just to accentuate the scene and capture the moment. Whereas in the Guardians of the Galaxy, when he's running around to Redbone in the first opening scene, you're listening to it with them, right? And that's why kind of it works together. Walker, do you like the Guardians soundtrack? I think you're probably lukewarm on the movie, right? Uh, no, I mean the movie's fine. I just uh, I don't like it as much as everyone else 
set like seem to like it's 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 a good You're more movie. of a uh, Thor two guy. Hey, I'm just saying Dark it's not World. it's it's not the worst Marvel movie. It's just well, okay, sure. <laughs> that's Iron Man two. Anyways, uh, no, I I I really enjoy the Guardians Galaxy movies. Um, I would say this. I feel like there is a significant drop off as far as the soundtrack is concerned between one and two. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he picked all his all his all the best bangers he could for the first one. He was spent for number two. He should spread them out a little more evenly. You were yeah, but we were married to it at that point, and he just let himself go. It's fine. It <laughs> happens all the time. Uh, I will say that the scene in Endgame where you get the opening scene of Guardians with oh my no, God. the music and it's just it's Chris Pratt so terribly funny. singing. Yeah. That is. Um, it's so well done. It's there is so a couple funny. of those things. I also love when Smart Hulk sees Old Hulk, and they're like, "Yeah, maybe smash some stuff." And he's like, "Oh, oh yeah. it's pretty derivative." And he just like <laughs> looks so ashamed of dumb Hulk. It's, yeah, funny stuff. Kevin, Kevin Feige, that guy knows what's up. He does. I, you know, it's interesting, Tuck. You talked a lot about for you how the connectivity with the film and how the characters listening to it and doing stuff was it a, a thing that made you like Guardians and. The the one that I picked, I picked almost for the same reason, uh, and because like it's not just it, it's uh, this one the the music is almost a character and it does directly affect everything you're watching. It really goes hand in hand with the character. It's it's Baby Driver for me. Oh, I had that um, one down next. Yeah. A, a, yeah, a great soundtrack, a fun soundtrack to listen to, but also the way that they have made the soundtrack such an actual part of the moving pieces in the movie for me. Uh, not just music quality reasons, but like just uh, filmmaking, really yeah. impressive. I got to go Baby Driver. Because there's that scene um, right after the first chase when he's uh, he gets coffee and he's going back to the headquarters or whatever. And the words from the song are actually in graffiti on the wall. And he's yeah, dancing yeah. along to it. Like that is a great scene. And that captures yeah. all three. Like you're visually, you're visually, you're, you're seeing it, you're hearing it, you're feeling it, right? Like that's all it's, yeah. They, they time the driving scenes to music. There's yeah. a couple other things that are um, dealt with, you know, music and, and time timing. And it's, it's just really good. I was just, I was blown away the first time I saw that. Plus the whole, um, his relationship with his uh, father figure. I can't remember his name. Anyway, that's all driven by music. So music is also an integral part of the film, which is cool. It's just cool. I like that, but. Walker, what else you got in your list? Uh, I mean, I've got a few. Uh, one that I have to highlight uh, because I'm an old person, which was really driven home when you guys started talking about the 90s and brought up American Pie and Can't Hardly Wait, is uh, to me, the quintessential 90s soundtrack is the Cameron Crow movie Singles. Uh, it's set in early 90s Seattle and is chock full of cameos from all of the grunges that I like, all the people that overdosed on heroin. And, I mean, Allison Chains performs in it. Uh, Matt Dillon's backing band is literally Pearl Jam. Uh, Chris Cornell has a cameo. Like, they're just all over. And, yeah, that soundtrack, uh, first of all, it totally kicks. Um, they got some exclusive stuff from some bands that were very big at the time. Uh, Soundgarden had one song. Pearl Jam had two songs. Uh, they got Paul Westerberg from The Replacements, as mentioned earlier, which, personally, for me, is a big deal because... As someone who grew up on all these 90s bands, I didn't know who the replacement more, replacements were, but I listened to this single soundtrack, and the guy from The Replacements had two jaw-droppingly catchy songs, and now they're one of my favorite bands, which sort of a, a tangent, but I think that's a really interesting thing with a lot of soundtracks is it's such exposure to bands like that that aren't necessarily like the headliners of why you're buying this CD. Like, I bought that CD because it was the only way to get State of Love and Trust by Pearl Jam. But then I found all these other artists that I would not have known of. Yeah, and it is, and you already have an emotional connection to that artist if you like the movie, which I think mm -hmm. helps, right? Did you say Singles was Cameron Crowe? Was it not? No, I was just – because he also did Almost Famous, right? I didn't yeah. know about Singles. I don't think I've seen it. It didn't ring a bell. But is he – does he – now I'm trying to think, is there a pattern? Does he do like music movies? Because those are both sounds like music movies. He used to write for Rolling Stone all the time. So Almost Famous oh. is kind of an autobiography. Oh, like, I did it's not obviously that. it's very fictionalized and everything. But like he went on tour with Led Zeppelin when he was like sixteen or something absurdly young. Normal. Normal thing to do. Yeah, like why not? You know, grab a shark, find a lady. He did uh he did roadies too, that show on H on Showtime. 
Did I don't you ever know watch? That one. Did you yeah, ever watch that? that? No, oh, that was really good. That was with Luke Wilson. It was only one season, but it was um, it was great. It had sort of an almost famous vibe to it, uh, but it was a it was a television show. It wasn't obviously it got canceled, so it wasn't super great. But it's a fun, it's a super it's a fun watch. Yeah, so I think Cameron Crowe has always been a very music guy because even his uh, award winning, I believe, Elizabeth Town has uh, a surprisingly with, good soundtrack. With Orlando Bloom. And uh, yeah. Kirsten Dunst. I'll, I'll tell you a story. That's the only movie I like Kirsten Dunst in. I used to own that DVD. I actually really like that movie. <laughs> also, the most uh, Walker thing I've ever seen in a movie is uh, when someone's driving across the country making a series of playlists relating to where they would be in the country as they're driving home. Yeah. Uh, that may have hit me very close to home. Oh, you guys remember when you used to burn CDs for people and how important it oh, was? And you're like, if I just, if I just put the right 12 songs on this DVD R, she will love me forever. <laughs> oh, Ryan, I've got, I've got one better. Uh, again, going back to me being old, uh, RIP walks. Were you r- r- taping songs off the radio? Uh, well, that. yes. Uh, you geriatric fuck. We're we're gonna get there when we talk about TV soundtracks and how I taped uh, the theme from Friends off Energy Twelve Sixty. Oh God! <laughs> but <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> Is this a bit? Did you do it as a bit? Was it you were torturing oh, somebody so you wanted to play the Friends I'll theme song? I'll be there for you. No, you can't. David Schwimmer will come for you if you swing that song. Uh, I was in grade. I was in grade seven. I did not realize how bad a show Friends was when I was. Friends is like fine, but that song is just not a good song. Oh no! It's like the worst kind of yeah. Okay, look, my my friend bought the Rembrandt CD because he thought buying the Friends soundtrack wasn't quite enough. Wow! Shout out to the Rembrandts. That was in a time too where they actually paid for your music and TV. So those guys probably are fucking rich just just from that one thing. I used to record, my dad had that big, like the big six unit, uh, like it's had the tape deck and the vinyl player and the CD player and everything. Yeah. And I used, and the radio, the tuner. And I used to make mixtapes for road trips and we were, we would go on road trips as a kid. I'd make mixtapes off the radio, but you'd have to time it so that you didn't get the DJ, right? You always yeah, get that exactly. last like, And here's the, and the music starts you're like, ah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, speaking of mixtapes, um, my first girlfriend, uh, part of the time we were together, she was going to school in Prince George. And so because I'm bossy, she was in a you guys, she was from America. You wouldn't know her, but they saw each other in the summer. To- totally. <laughs> I met her at summer camp. Yeah, I met her at the purple line. Yeah, no big deal. Um, <laughs> oh, that place, that place, the roof collapsed. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Oh, I love that place. Shout out to the purple onion. Hey, local jokes will get you local work. Anyway. So what I would do is I'd be making her these mixtapes. And then when I figured I had about space for two songs left, because I'm an absolute psychopath, True. I would sit there and listen in silence with my Timex watch, so I knew exactly how much time I had, so that each side of the tape was exactly 45 minutes. Wow, yeah, that is crazy. Like, right. yeah. What? Why would it need to be 45 minutes? Because tapes are 90 minutes, Doc. Come on, keep up. Oh, are they? I didn't know that. That's a, that's a good music fact. Tuck, I'm going to make you a mixtape and let how me many tell you. Me- how many kilobytes of memory on a floppy disk? It, disk? 50? I don't I know. Something shockingly small. 512? I don't know. Hey, not, not the first time Tuck's heard that. It is 512. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shockingly small. Uh, anyway, look. <laughs> uh, Good one. If Do you have a band who you think would be like if you... Actually, you know what? Let's play this differently. If you could pick three bands to be your like best soundtrack guys. Like you want to make a soundtrack for a movie and these three bands are going to each Whoa. do two tracks and that's going to be the soundtrack to the movie. Who would you pick? Like you're just asking who our favorite bands are essentially. No, I guess a band that you think maybe this was a dumb question. Do you think just any good band is a good band for a soundtrack or do you think yes. they have a certain je ne sais quoi that makes them more movie friendly? Oh, uh, um, I think it has to, I think it has to do with the movie though. Yeah, because like the bands that I would pick for like an action movie are way different from what I would pick for like a depressing indie film. You know what I mean? So I'll say this. Oh, hey, speaking of, I gotta give a a quick shout out to. Do you remember when that Zach Braff movie came out, Garden State? Yeah, boy, people loved that soundtrack. All of a sudden, everybody listening to uh, who's it? The Shins. The Shins. Yeah. Two fucking years, and like it's a good soundtrack, but like. 
Nobody ever talks about it anymore, ever. But man, those two years, everybody a, loves the shit. It was a weird yeah. two years. I think, um, I think bands that do a lot of instrumental breaks, like some of Led Zeppelin stuff, doesn't work in a in a soundtrack. the The part where the <laughs> the part in the song where you let the drugs kick in is what my dad used to call it, because there's that scene in um, or that that part in Boston's Long Time Foreplay where there's just about three minutes of instrumental. And my dad's like, yeah, this is the part of the song where you, the lead singer lets the drugs kick in. I'm like, okay, dad, whatever. But uh, <laughs> those bands don't work for soundtracks. They got to be like, you know, two, three minute songs and you're not necessarily playing the whole song, but you also don't want to listen to the whole song on the album because that kind of takes away from that scene in the movie. You want to capture the heart of the song at the right moment in the movie. And that's what makes a good soundtrack. Yeah, Tuck, this may shock you, but I actually go out of my way to not listen to Boston. So <laughs> what? I love Boston. Do you love them more than a feeling? Yeah, yeah you guys probably it's more have really just a different feeling. taste in music. Oh, we for sure do. It, ah. it's, I have a I have a fairly wide variety Chuck, of music. Chuck famously just whatever is most popular is probably his favorite thing, whereas Walker instantly hates anything popular. Yeah, I'm That's, a big. I go through waves true. of popular. That's songs. why I listen to obscure yeah. bands like Bruce Springsteen and U2. <laughs> so I don't like U2. If I'm going to be completely honest. It's um, Bruce Springsteen's awesome though. The boss <laughs> can't wait. I uh, I don't think I could name one Bruce Springsteen song. But, oh, uh, come on. in the USA. The one, oh, okay, yeah. Had I thought about it, probably that one. He doesn't he sing one about Flint? Something about Flint? Oh yeah, coming, he's, coming he's, back from the war. He's the man of the people. Yeah, which is actually hilarious because a lot of dumb shit right wing uh, politicians love to blast "Born in the USA" as like a yeah. thing. But like, it's, it's amazing because it's literally highly critical about... of them. Yeah, it's about a Vietnam vet who totally has PSTD, PTSD. We're going to cut that slur. You know, he can't get work, and his brother died in the war, and he, like, hates his life. But the chorus is catchy. Yeah, so he, he also, because Chris Christie's a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, and he, he hates Chris Christie because he's seen, like, 90, 90 of his shows, and he's never met him. Like, and Chris Christie's like, I imagine that if we had a beer. No, he just doesn't like you. Oh, but, the- um Sorry, go ahead, Walker. Oh, I just think I uh, have an amazing uh, Chris Christie, Bruce Springsteen crossover where uh, he tried to get Springsteen to play. I think it was Trump's uh, – tr- Trump? Jesus, fuck. Trump. Uh, the Trump. Dementia Grandpa's inauguration. And Springsteen, of course, is said absolutely not. So they got a Bruce Springsteen cover band called <laughs> the B Street Band. Oh. Oh my god, that's so bad. That's sad. <laughs> that's like that is one step above Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Yeah. <laughs> These fucking clowns. The um, so uh, Lou Lamorello, GM of the Stanley Cup winning New Jersey Devils, right? Ninety two, I think. Ninety six. Uh, ninety four anyway. was no ninety five. Guys, 95 literally nobody cares. Anyway, uh, hold on. He, I'm pretty he sure would... Mark Tambrodeur cares. Yeah, he <laughs> does. What is that? He's a, He's a person. <laughs> oh. Anyway, he used to send his um, rookies to go see Bruce Springsteen because of how hard he works. He said, yeah. He'd go make them to see their shows and just say, hey, watch how hard he works. So shout out to Bruce Springsteen. Ryan's not giving him enough credit. That's yeah, why I wanted to I saw him in Vancouver tangent. a couple years ago um, when he was, he probably would have been about 65. And motherfucker played for three hours. Oh, yeah. And just like, coated in sweat. Like, like the way I am would when you, I see Would a you describe girl. him as glistening? Uh, I would say shimmering. Pl- like pregnant glow? Like you got that glow about like you. Just, just an aura. Okay. Um, we got a little off topic there. <laughs> Did we? We're talking about music, kind of. I have, I have a couple other honorable mentions. You ready for this? Okay. Eight Mile and the music that it is inspired by Eight Mile. That is an awesome soundtrack. I literally um, only know the Mom Spaghetti song. Oh, Anthony Mackie is in that movie. Yes. No. Nope. That was like much longer than before he got famous. Yeah, he's like the. Your name is Clarence. You went to a private school. He's Clarence. Oh, he's Clarence. Yeah. Do you mean but Clarence like, Clemens from the E Street Band? R.I.P. I don't know. I don't get that. He's the saxophone player in Bruce Springsteen's band. Oh. I also got in here, and you guys aren't gonna care about these, but Trolls and Moana are the two best soundtracks that I could think of. Moana's a good one. That yeah. one, the main, the main song from Moana. Very good. Nice ballad. I like the rock singing, and there's one by um, Jeremy Clement. 
Jermaine. Jermaine. Flight, oh, of, Flight of the Concords. I knew his name. I just He's blanked the there for a second. His rhymes are bottomless. That's, that's Those guys are good. Shout out to Flight oh, of the Concords. Yeah, you guys speaking of. Seen would... that. Prisant? Jermaine? Prisant? We should do a roll call at the beginning oh, of our I podcast, Ryan. Uh, would, would the Flight of the Concords records count as soundtracks? Because they appeared yeah, in the show. So they would. Do, but Honestly, is a TV like, show, do you call it a soundtrack for a TV show the same as a movie, or has it got a different nomenclature? No, I think it's the same because, as I mentioned with the Friends soundtrack, which, by the way, Paul Westerberg shows up on again. I think I said that already. But uh, R.E.M.'s there. There's some interesting bands on that. Lou Reed. Um, yeah, no, I think there's very few shows that either, like, Friends was just so popular that it kind of, they got away with the soundtrack. It was so popular that a bit character that had like two lines once a year as a coffee shop guy is probably rich as hell from it. Yeah, shout Gunther? out Gunther. Gunther's probably rich as fuck from that show and he barely did anything. Yeah, just syndication, man. What do you think about um what do you think about the Forrest Gump soundtrack? Uh I think it's I, I would say that that's something a lot closer to Dazed and Confused. I thought Forrest Gump did a really good job of highlighting certain things. The only thing on one song. Fortunate Son, right? They play that, right? Oh, well, it's. I think it's a law in the States that if you have a Vietnam scene, you have to play CCR. Yeah, you do. It's, the, um, it's, it's in the book. It's written. And then if you have a Vietnam protest, you have to play Buffalo Springfield, but uh, which isn't about the Vietnam War, surprisingly. The um, but yeah, it does a good job. Same as Days of Confused, but because there's such a transition through time in Forrest Gump, it does a good job of highlighting different times with different songs. Yeah, I would I would completely agree with that. The way that they segued from like Dylan and stuff through like the '70s, and then whenever he did his run, which I think was the '80s. I don't. Know. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the time that was yeah, and they pulled out like Bob Seger and stuff. I, I yeah, I actually think that Forrest Gump has a um, a really good soundtrack for what they were trying to do. Yeah, I think it highlights it. We talked a little bit about scores. We talked about soundtracks. We're not going to talk about musicals because I feel like we've talked about musicals before. Oh, I wanted about, to. Do you have, just off the top of your head, do you have a quick um, best original song that you, you like? Yep, I do. Uh, it's Shiny by Jermaine Clement. <laughs> well, but no. that's not a, a, an original song. My understanding is yeah. an original song would be like maybe one of two songs in a movie and the rest would be a score, right? Not like you're not talking about like every Disney song ever. That would be an original. No, song, because right? the the but all the Disney movies have more that they they're musicals. Yeah, I think what Ryan oh. is uh, an example of something that Ryan's Titanic. trying to get at. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Where oh, the, got it's, it. everything is the score except for Celine Dion. Or as as mentioned before, Wild Wild West or Men in Black. Um, I don't off the top of my head. He's a desperado. Hey, at desperado. least Stevie Wonder got paid for that. Oh, yeah, there's a Stevie Wonder sample in that remix, isn't there? There totally is. Also, fun fact that I am embarrassed to uh, reveal. You know that, like, everyone knows Gangster's Paradise by Coolio? Yeah, Uh, that's in... uh, Sorry, I know Amish Paradise by Weird Al. Yeah, well, either way, that entire premise and that hook is lifted straight from a Stevie Wonder song on Songs on the Key of Life. Oh, I did also not know that. I was like, you know what? I should listen to this record that everyone said is one of the best albums ever. And I like Stevie Wonder. And I was like halfway through and I was like, oh, I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> the, um, well, yeah. Other than Disney ones, I can't really think of one. I guess there's like Toy Story. You got a friend in me? Or Yeah, um, some Randy Newman. Yeah. Some dog, some dog millionaire, Jai Ho, right? Oh, Would that yeah. count? That was good. That was catchy. I like that song. Remember also in the 90s when, like, there would just be, like, a random... And now I don't know if this is an original song. I still guess. I guess it is if it only plays in the credits. But, like, uh, there's just, like, they bring in, like, a guy to rap a song about the movie. Like, in um, Ace Ventura, like, Tone Lock does a song about the movie and the credits. And you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) I I thought you were going to go with uh, Turtle Power. Exactly, yeah. Or uh, Ninja Rap. Right? Yeah, nin- also yes, great. that's what it was, Ninja Rap. That was from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, Vanilla Ice. Go, Ninja, go, Ninja, go. Yeah, this may shock you guys, that movie doesn't age well. No, it's awful. No, that's not yeah. surprising at all. They uh, they added it to Netflix, and it was put on at uh, my local, shout out to Black Bar, and I was just like, wow, I'm drunk, and this is still terrible. 
Oh yeah, I watched it actually when I was in university. I had the DVD. I bought the DVDs. This is a of course thread. you did. You were anyway, drunk at a Seven Eleven. We threw them on, and yeah, both my buddy shout out Joran. I don't know if he listens to the pod, but Joran and I were watching. It. We're like, wow, this is awful. This is not a good movie. The first Ninja Turtles, great movie. Second Ninja Turtles really falls off the rails there. Tuck, you did want to talk. I cut you off. You wanted to talk about musicals. We got a few minutes left. Squeeze them in. You know, let, let be quick about on. it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something here really quick. I yeah. would like to defend Tuck's choice of Hamilton. Thank you, Walker. Wow. Because uh, first of all, it was a cultural phenomenon, and honestly, Ryan, you picked a video game. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> At least I picked something that came out that year. Which yeah, was Hamilton purpose. came out 2017, I think. There is that. the The soundtrack to Hamilton is is fire. Like there's a bunch of remixes to the songs in there done by, by famous I, yeah, artists. I agree with you that musically it's really, really good, but the, the movie aspect of it is not really there. Cause that's not what it's made for. Right. So for picking out of like, I don't know, best entertainment property of the year, I because didn't, I picked a video game. Like I picked I, I feel like, yeah, I, well not initially you didn't, but I'm no. just saying yeah. like, I feel like just a really good soundtrack for me would never be, my favorite thing of the year, but I no, I guess that. And the only correct answer is Ted Lasso. Full stop. Yeah, very great. The, Thank God they're making season two. They 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 tweeted about it. Woo. The um. And, oh, go ahead, Walker. Ted oh, Lasso I was just gonna is. say, and season three is confirmed. Oh, nice. Can't wait. Can't wait till they're back in the premiership. That's what I'm assuming is going to happen in season three. The um the thing about musicals is. Yeah, and the reason that Hamilton, the movie, doesn't work as well as Hamilton on stage is those are those are something you have to feel. Like, those are have to be watched live. And the um, the the musicals that work, like Les Mis is pretty good as a movie. There's a couple that Sweeney Todd, like, not great as a movie, but you still get the... It, I never saw some, that one. It seemed way too weird. You never I saw just, Sweeney like, Todd? not interested. Yeah, it was Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. I think Tim Burton. Oh, I'm aware of it. It's just, I was like, this looks fucking dumb. It's um, you can do some cool stuff that you can't do on stage with film, but it still doesn't capture the, because it's, it's a weird, it's weird because they're written for stage, but you're showing them on film. So sometimes it doesn't translate. But anyway, that's all Did I wanted to say about Did you hear about, about all of Johnny Depp's issues with uh, not memorizing his scripts? Amber Heard? We talked about this? Oh no. No, I don't want to talk about the Amber Heard <laughs> stuff. Too dark. Yep. Too, we talked dark Army Hammer stuff last week. Uh, he, um, allegedly a bunch of people came forward to say that Johnny Depp never learns the scripts of any of his movies from the last like since like the first pirates and he just puts an earpiece in and then has like one of his assistants off screen reading him his lines literally the whole time and god i love that to just get that rich to just wow. be like fuck it that's actually how they film a lot of the like mexican soap operas because they're doing so much content there's literally no way to memorize all your lines and so basically the actors learn how to simultaneously listen to someone in their ear telling them their lines and then saying the lines as part of the scene. That actually is also, uh, that's maybe more difficult than learning your lines and then yeah, acting. Like, it's it's inc- it's amazing. Have I ever told you guys about my favorite bit on television ever? No. Is it um, the Scrubs Nick- joke I sent you earlier? No. Nikki Glaser uh, had a show a few years ago that I really liked. And Nikki Glaser did this thing where she hired two hardcore porn, an actor and an actress. And then her and other comedian Kyle Kinane had earpieces to both of them. And so they were shooting a very, you know, like an R-rated sex scene, which, and they were shooting it so that it could be shown on TV. And meanwhile, all the quote unquote dirty talk that they're saying was things that these two comedians were feeding them to say. And it is the funniest fucking thing I have ever seen. That, that sounds really that good. That sounds awesome. We'll tweet. We'll try and tweet that out, Ryan. I don't think I can't find it anywhere. I don't think it exists anymore. Uh, okay. Well, we'll have well, to go once on it. the internet, always on the internet. Yeah, it's got to be there. Um, do you guys want to do a top three? I got a good idea. I don't know how well it's going to play. Yeah, I actually have one quick thing before we move on from musicals because sure. I do want to uh, acknowledge something. Uh, I am very much not the audience for this film, uh, so I haven't watched it. But by all accounts, it was really well done. Uh, do you guys remember the Across the Universe movie where they love- basically, yeah, they <laughs> yes. took all the Beatles songs and made it like a musical? Uh, like I said, like that's not my jam by any stretch, and it's not because I don't like the Beatles because I loved Yesterday, and by loved I mean it was exactly what I wanted. 
I, I liked that one, too. I don't really give a shit about the Beatles. There, I said it. Yeah, it's fine. Whoa. I mean, right. it's, you, can. you know, yeah. like Shakespeare, overrated, right? Anyways. Uh, no, I'm not. It, I'm, that no. was Ryan talking. He's like, why are all these words? Why the fuck would I be interested in a book that was written before they even had spaceships to talk about? Like, come on. Well, you obviously haven't read very much Jules Verne, asshole. He made up his own words. Shakespeare made up his own words. He's so many words. Uh, I can. I'm in the I midst of reading a words. Shakespeare biography because I'm really cool. That does. It sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but I just wanted to say uh, across the universe, uh, I really like that idea of taking one artist and sort of building around that. It. Um, yeah, I love that movie. It's not a fantastic movie, but I would watch it over again. I agree. The Beatles did that to themselves, though, when they shot Help and. Um, uh, there's a yellow summary. Yep. And then there's one other one I can't think of, but the help help movies. Awesome. I love help, but they kind of, that they crossed over first, right? Before. Yeah. That's Prince did yeah. Purple we Rain. totally missed all so, of them. Yeah. All right. Tuck, tell us what that top three is. My top three. I was going to do, cause we're a pop culture podcast, Ryan. You want to bring video games into it? We got walk around right now. I'm going to bring music into it. I'm going to do top three albums of all time. Oh, dear God. We're going to do a snake draft. And Ryan, do you want to go first? Sure. Walker's been on. Walker's been on before, so we're we're going to let him pick. When do you want to go, Walker? Second or third? I'll go third, but I'm going to regret everything I say because an hour from now, I'm going to start texting you guys with albums oh, I yeah. should have picked. Oh, yeah. This is the best part about a top three. Okay. Uh, Ryan, what's your number one album? RTJ2. RTJ2. What? Run the jewels. Come on, Tuck. Oh, run the Get jewels. Get cooler. It's it's really good. I will say a uh, fun fact about Run the Jewels, the correct album ranking is the same as the first four Led Zeppelin albums, that's, which is 2431. Oh yeah. Oh, that's then I guess I would agree with yeah. the Led Zeppelin thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh my number one's going to be 2001 by Dr. Dre. That album is fantastic from hey, start is he to all right i read in uh the news he had like an aneurysm last week uh i didn't hear that I yeah you should check on up. dre see if he's all right make yeah, sure nobody somebody... forgot about him i kind of forgot oh, about dre God. oh no. Uh, no don't do that <laughs> okay i hope he's okay seriously okay walker yeah, what's too. your number one and two pick uh we're gonna keep with springsteen i'm gonna say born to run no i don't know that one Baby, you were born to run. That was it. Uh, no, what's that's your number definitely not what I thought. What's your number two? What's your number two? Uh, I'm gonna hate myself no matter what I say, so I am going to say "Separation Sunday" by the Hold Steady. Okay, that's not one I would have picked, but I will keep that on the playlist. Um, all right, I'm gonna go with. It's kind of cheating, but I'm gonna go with "40 Licks" by the Rolling Stones. That's 100% cheating, and I object to that. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Greatest hits? You cannot use greatest hits. I can't use greatest hits? You're not going to give no. me greatest hits? Ah, it's not a greatest hits, though. They did a 40 Licks tour. But it's to sell the record, which is a bunch of previously unreleased stuff. I, I'm vetoing Okay, that. okay, I'll change it. I'll change it. 2001 is my first pick. Next pick is Ap- Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. That is a straight-up banger. I approve of yeah. that choice. Okay, thank you, Walker. I couldn't have, I couldn't have pegged appetite for destruction as yeah. Anyways, I just I guess I don't know music as well. Yeah, I know. This is why I was kinda of worried about this top three, but I knew Walker was here, so I knew we'd get some discussion. But what's your second pick? Second and third, right? Uh ooh, my second pick, I think I am gonna have to go with Camp by Childish Cambino. And I liked him before he was cool, when he just had weird mixtapes and he was still mostly an internet comedian. That's a good one. Okay. Do you not know him either, Tuck? I know Childish Gambino. Yes, I like Childish Gambino. That's a good that's a good pick. Have you I seen have you seen Atlanta, his show Atlanta? Because also guy knows how to make a TV show. It's amazing. I have not. No, but he's uh yeah, he's very talented. Yeah, uh, extremely Dan- Donald Glover. Yeah. Yeah, he's very talented. Like he's he's got everything. He's a triple threat. I don't know what I'm sure he can dance too. Like I don't know what you want me to say here. I just wanted you to be impressed by my good pick. That is a great pick. It's a great pick. What's your what's your last one? Uh this one I is not it's just 
growing up, I like this. The first three albums I bought were all Weird Al, and that's all I listened to until I was probably like fourteen. And I gotta go running with scissors. That and just don't, don't even pretend like if you still go listen to a Weird Al song, he's a genius. The man is a genius. I actually have a confession about Weird Al, because I was uh, my first album I ever got was uh, Fat. Like the one where he's got the bad, it's the yeah. bad cover. Yeah. But uh, I was ashamed of that because it wasn't a real album. It was a Weird Al album. So I, I told everybody that my first album was actually Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt because that was the actual one, I, the first one I actually bought. I remember the first cassette that my sisters bought themselves because they weren't buying CDs yet was uh, Jagged Little Pill on Oh, tape. that record fucking kicks, man. It holds up. What's she up to these days? Uh... Just hanging around being like, remember that time I told I sold 16 million copies of Jagged Little Pill? Do you remember when I was God? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dogma. That's a good one. Uh, Yeah. Jagged Little Pill is a fantastic album. My third choice is going to be The Dudes. I was not expecting that. Did they have self-titled? But also, I love The Dudes. uh, The first one with Dropkick Queen of the Weekend. Yeah. The one that we used to listen to all the way. insanely good. By The uh, the Guy's the Limit. That's the album. What's Danny up to these days? Is he still rocking? He must be. Yeah, he's got uh, he's got a side project called High Kicks. Cool. As far as the dudes go, I follow them on Facebook, and every once in a while they post up, so I guess they're still a band. I mean, the thing about the dudes is they're kind of Calgary's house band. They're so fun to see live. Great, great. live show. They're great. My, like, one of my best friends in the world um, is my friend Sarah, and I would say early on, like 30% of our friendship was just going to show up by the dudes. Yeah, and that's a that, great friendship. That sounds awesome. Sarah's good shit, man. That brings me back to uh, the house, though, Ryan. Like that was a big album. That was like the soundtrack of our of our university house. So that that's why that uh, that's why that album's up there. But I was also I could have gone with uh, Get Rich or Die Trying by Fifty Cent. I love that album, but I figured the dudes was a was a more educated choice. Um, all right, Walker, what's your third and final one? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really torn to be between two. So I'm going to let you guys decide, uh, without giving anything away. Uh, so it's between 1979 or 1993, 1993. And it's going to be something by Pearl jam. Yeah, I would say that I would also go. 1979 is going to be a stones album. Okay. What is it? Uh, give us both. Give us, what are we doing? Just give us both. Okay. 1979 is London calling by the clock. Oh, good one. Uh, yeah. Which is uh, probably the best double album of all time, but that's a different conversation. Uh, 1993, despite the fact that Versus did come out in 93, Ryan, uh, it's actually in Euro by uh, Nirvana. Oh. I think that's the, I think, I think it's the best so record of the 90s. So hipstery. So hipstery. Yeah, oh, that band grunge. sold 10 million records. No it's one's grunge. ever heard of. Like, that's a different, that's different. Explain it. If you don't even know what punk metal is, why should I take your opinion seriously? <laughs> oh, grunge was like '90s. They were like '90s hipsters. No, they they were no. First of all, grunge <laughs> isn't a real thing, and we're not going to get into that. But if you guys think that Soundgarden, Nirvana sound the same, then I'm sorry because one's a metal band, one's no, a punk band. I don't Anyways, think, I never no, said but that. I was saying good, like that was a good. Look, everybody did a good job, and we're friends. We're friends, <laughs> goddammit. I'm just saying the term grunge is offensive. What? This is 2020. We don't need to say that anymore. Yeah, if you let your if you let your wet bulbs go too long, they do get grungy. So <laughs> be careful. <laughs> That's Bye. how I get superpowers, guys. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today while we talk to Walker about soundtracks. Walker, thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. I do want to say, uh, talk uh, to paraphrase... Mel Gibson and Braveheart, they can take your balls, but they cannot take your sultry voice. <laughs> wow. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Before we say goodbye <laughs> to the listeners this week, uh, I want to give a special shout out to Tuck, who is uh, um, emerging from his internet cocoon as a beautiful social media butterfly, and he's now spread his wings over to Facebook. Yeah. Uh, so it would mean a lot if you got over to uh, the tuck and rolls Facebook page and liked and shared so that maybe that uh, like horrible racist right wing algorithm gives us a great boost to our numbers. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'd like to like to gain the system there for a bit. Yeah. So show, give us a shout out on, give us a shout out, give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It's all tuck and rolls T U C K N R O L L S made it easy for you. So, and if for some reason you're listening to this but not subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Whatever Just podcast app you Smash that subscribe button. The one guy with pocket casts. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> I'm talking to you the critic. Thanks. 
Thanks for all that work this week, Tuck. I really do appreciate Walker, it. Walker, thank you very much for coming on and talking music. Ryan gets his video games episode, but don't get music episodes tonight. I'm I was sorely needing one, so thank you. Oh, it was it was great, Tuck. And I mean, I'm just proud of myself for not shitting on you for liking Motley Crue. <laughs> yeah, I was, <laughs> I was gonna go uh, Theater of Pain is one of my albums just to fuck with you, but um, okay, we'll see you guys next week, right? Not you, yeah, Walker. Probably. I hope you're listening. Not you, next Walker. Week. <laughs> Not you, Walker. Fuck, we, fuck this off. is your yearly appearance. <laughs> we got you out of the way in January. Calendar's clear. Hey, guys, I'm going to listen because podcasts are the only time people talk to me. So uh, I don't have much of a choice. <laughs> we, uh, we don't have a lot of guests, though. So if you want to come back on, just give us a topic. Anyway, I got to go walk my dog. So I'll see you guys later. Bye. He's cranking, Love you guys. It, right? <laughs> What's, what do you call walk your dog? Okay, bye. Bye.